Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. down now and about eight. Cornelius takes the drop. Flush to the right side. He's going to take off. Can he get to the end zone? Cornelius inside the five dives. Do they give him the touchdown? Yes. Touchdown. Antler up. Edmonton. Touchdown Elks. Taylor Cornelius takes it himself as he got an open lane to the end zone and he dives in for his first touchdown on the ground in the CFL. Well, and that would help the Elks do it last night in Toronto, Taylor Cornelius running it in as the Elks uh, snap an extended eight-game losing streak, beating the Argos 13-7 to get their third victory of the season. They will wrap up the year Friday in Vancouver against the BC Lions. It's on 6.30, Chet, so we'll do inside sports from an hour, uh, for an hour from 6 to 7, then 7 o'clock countdown to kickoff game at 8.30 against the Lions. And I'm pleased to welcome the Elks play-by-play voice, Morley Scott, to the show, who uh, probably knows what city he's in, hopefully. Morley? <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver, British Columbia. I have it written down it, in front baby. of me. So yeah. Last stop. I did. Yeah, we got uh, three more nights, and then we're heading home on Saturday. So looking forward to that. It's been it's been interesting. I mean, uh, today was the toughest day because uh, it's that's a five hour flight from uh, from Toronto to Vancouver. So that's a long time. It was an early get up for us. Not that I'm complaining. You know, well I am, but not that anyone should take me seriously. Uh, but you know, we had an early get up and then a long flight. Did some work here this afternoon, and uh, I think I'm going to turn in early uh, tonight. Uh, we got I got up at five this morning in Toronto, so that's two a.m. Vancouver time. So oh, I'm getting near the end. of... I'm getting near the end of my day here, if you know what I'm saying. Well, uh, yeah, and you, uh, I mean, <laughs> well, in broadcasting, you often work unusual hours, and especially people like you who are on the morning show, but then in football, you cover games that are often played at night. So th- thanks for making yeah, time yeah, for well, me to, to hop on the show. No, no sweat. Happy to be here. Yeah, the game, you know, we didn't get back to the hotel room until about uh, almost midnight last night and then up at 5, but, you know, whatever. I love my job. It's fun, so it's, uh, it's not an issue. We'll, uh, we'll be well-rested for Friday night. Yeah, I'm enjoying, I don't know if I've seen all of them, but I, I'm enjoying your postcards from the road showing up on 630 Chet's uh, social media as you have this tour. I know you like doing that. You always post your game day walk when you're on the road and go to get a coffee, but you've uh, uh, you put out some, like any interesting sights you've seen or anything in these cities that you have been to before that you've experienced that's new? Uh I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Nothing really jumps out at me that much. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's funny. We've had different weather because we had, uh, it was, it was kind of cold and snowy in Regina. And then it was uh, rainy uh, the first couple of days in Toronto, but turned nice for the game last night. And here, they, they got all sorts of weather issues here. It's not raining here today, but it's but it's pretty nice. But they've got all sorts of flooding issues all over the province here in British Columbia. But uh, nothing off the top of my head. And I, I will admit I'm a little foggy right now, but nothing off the top of my head really jumps out. 
it as, as being uh, as being real different from the, from the last few trips. I'm a creature of habit, so I do a lot of the same things, go to a lot of the same restaurants and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> last night, look, we expected it might be kind of an odd game. Edmonton's not making the playoffs. Toronto has clinched first in the <clears throat> East. Dave went over all the lineup changes on the show on Monday night, kind of previewing the game and. I was primarily, it was interesting last night, I had uh, the Oilers on our kind of main TV in the hockey studio, the soccer game on another big screen, and I had the Elks on my laptop. Uh, so probably I saw the least of, of that game. I do know on a couple occasions I saw the Elks inside the 10-yard line, and then I looked over and saw Toronto celebrating or they had the ball <laughs> after getting a, 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 a touchback. Were there some points left on the table last night? Yeah, for sure. There was uh, two interceptions in the end zone, three interceptions in all uh, in the game last night, two of them in the end zone. So that continues to be kind of something that Taylor Cornelius is struggling with. He's now got 10 interceptions on the season, one more interception than he has a touchdown pass. So uh, that's something that it's got to be concerning to everybody, but uh, it's something that he's going to have to try and get a hold of. There's been lots of really good quarterbacks in this league, Reed, who start out by throwing a lot of picks in their career and then kind of get it under control as they figure out the game a little bit more. And you got to learn when to throw it away and you got to learn when to check down to the right guys. You got to learn when to eat it and just take the sack. Uh, and uh, that's that's part of the learning experience. And Cornelius is getting that this year. And uh, hopefully that's going to make him a better quarterback in the future. But yeah, it, it, it turned around. There was, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, change of possession last night. I mean, the first the first possession of both teams, they threw interceptions, right? The, so the offenses and the defense were swapping on and off like crazy early on in the game. So it was uh, it was an interesting game. And, and you know, who says we didn't have any preseason games? this year right but there was no preseason schedule but last night was pretty much like a preseason right. game uh for the most part especially from toronto's side of things but hey the elks did what they had to do right they they came out they played well they got the win they beat a team they should beat with the personnel that the argos put on the field the elks should beat that team and they did and i mean if you if you take away those those touchdowns or if you get some points off those touchdowns it's uh, it's a lot uh, it's a lot more than just a 13-7 game and the and the uh the elks you know kind of could have been in control of it uh, all the way instead of having to have it a nail biter a little bit into the uh, into the tail end of the fourth quarter what's going on with nick arbuckle i i get a lot of questions from from fans of the elks like they they traded for him if they want him to be a quarterback next year how come they're not taking a look at him is, is might he play against the lions or what's going on with arbuckle i i don't think so i don't think he'll dress i think it'll be taylor cornelius and dakota prukoff again I, I i just think it's just a weird situation with the team and i know i i've seen comparisons people uh, you know with uh, with cam newton stepping right in and playing with uh, with uh, carolina and of course trevor harris is now starting games for for Montreal. Montreal, but those teams are in, in different situation. Their starters were hurt. They needed somebody. They had to find someone to step in and play. So they went out and got guys. Um, for for Arbuckle, it's a little bit of a different situation because he, he came in and it, it, it was uh, you know it's Cordelius's team. He had been rolling with the team as the starter, and it takes a it should take a couple of weeks for a quarterback to learn the offense. And and don't forget, Arbuckle doesn't have the experience either that uh, let's say a Cam Newton or a Trevor Harris would have on uh, of the game. Right? He's he's pretty new to the game as well he hasn't he hasn't started a lot of games he got what seven starts uh, in calgary on in 2019 and, and a couple or three this year with the argos maybe a couple more than that so he's he's not really experienced but uh, uh so he's he's been learning the offense he's been studying the playbook but he hasn't had a, had a chance to practice with the team and then when they hit on this road trip for these three games they don't practice right there's no time to practice on this road trip there's no need to practice uh so he hasn't been able to get the opportunity to work with the first team reps and i know we were talking with 
uh, Jamie Elizondo about it, and he told us that he had a, a conversation uh, with Nick Arbuckle, and, and he was kind of, you know, they were talking about the situation, and Arbuckle goes, he wants to play, he understands, you know, I want to play, but I understand why I'm not, because he, as he said, uh, as Jamie told us, he said, uh, it wouldn't be fair to everybody else on the team, because I haven't worked with those receivers, they don't know my cadence, uh, I don't know their habits, and it just, it, it wouldn't be putting him or the team in the best situation to succeed, so I think they, they made the trade, they've signed him for next year and they're going to let him start fresh out of the blocks next year at training camp to try and uh, become the number one quarterback so uh, it looks like it's it's going to be a, a pretty good battle at, at training camp next year between Arbuckle and Cornelius for that number one job. So is this going to be another kind of strange one on Friday because the Lions have been eliminated they I mean they haven't had a very good year seems like whenever I watch the Lions Riley's running for his life and they're yeah, behind he's, he's been trying to catch up He's been running for his life since he left Edmonton, hasn't he? Basically, with the BC Lions, I mean, that's the kind of uh, couple of years he's had there. Uh, I think it'll be a good game tomorrow, uh, Friday night. I think it'll be diff much different from from last night's game in Toronto because these are two teams who have been eliminated. Uh, they're over that. They know it's their last game of the season. They want to go out on a good note. They're, the coaches aren't saving anybody for the playoffs, so everybody's going to play. All the all the best players are going to play. Coaches are going to put the players in to give the team the best opportunity uh, to win with one exception in BC and that's at quarterback where uh, uh, Rourke's going to start in place of Riley so uh, that's the only real change for, that the Lions are going to make so I think it's going to be a it's going to be a much better game than last night I think uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it because I think it's going to be uh, it might end up being one of those shootout games with a lot of uh, a lot of uh, yards and a lot of numbers put up so we'll, we'll have to wait and see but it, you know there's you know I think the attitude read is, is pretty clear for both these teams they're going in and there's going to be guys we're going to be playing this these two teams are going to be playing together for the last time so they're going to go want to go out and enjoy it and and be successful and have something positive to wrap up their season there's guys who who know it and there's guys who don't know it but they're going to be playing their final cfl game on friday night right some are going to retire some are going to be retired and so there's you know it, it's got an interesting twist to it with both these being eliminated from the playoffs nothing to hold back for so i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be a good game all right. Well, Morley, we appreciate you checking in. I hope you get some rest and uh, look forward to hearing your call on Friday night, buddy. Thanks, Reed. Always a pleasure. Talk to you later. That is Morley Scott checking in from the road. Elks now into Vancouver, closing out this uh, unprecedented road trip. Three games in seven days, one and one so far. We got to quickly uh, update what's going on with the uh, U of A hockey team. I, I don't know if it's a revenge weekend, but uh, it didn't go well the last time they played their opponent this weekend. We'll talk to Captain Clayton Kirichenko when we get back. Okay, I want to take you back a little bit here. You probably remember us talking about this on 630 Chet. It was February of 2020. It was before the pandemic hit, so we were playing sports as normal. And the U of A Golden Bears were heavily favored in a Canada West men's hockey semifinal against the UBC Thunderbirds. But in game one, UBC won 3-2 in overtime, and Thunderbirds goalie Ryland Toth made 51 saves. The Bears got to him in the second game and won 6-1, but then in the third deciding game, Toth was at it again and made 40 saves, and the Bears were shockingly eliminated in the Canada West semifinal. Well, how about a rematch this weekend? 7 o'clock Friday and Saturday at Claire Drake, and the 
T-Birds come in 6-0 and in Canada West play, while the Golden Bears are 4-2. and So to discuss this story, it's Golden Bears captain Clayton Kirichenko. Clayton, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. It's awesome to have you on the show. Look, I'll apologize in advance for taking you back to February of 2020, but obviously it was a significant story at the time, and I think it plays into this weekend. I mean, what do you remember about that series? From all accounts, you guys dominated, and Toth was just incredible for UBC. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was obviously a tough pill to swallow. Um, I'm, I'm proud of how we played still. I've I thought we uh, we gave ourselves a good chance to win. And like you said, we unfortunately just ran into a hot goalie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely still salt in the wounds from that. Is he still their goalie? Um, I have no idea, to be honest okay, with well, you. I, I'd have I to look that, that up. I, I believe that he is. I just looked <laughs> I looked it up. I, I, thought, I thought I would ask uh, just to see. So you're not even worried about it then. You're just like, whatever. Whatever goalie's in there, we got to beat. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of the focus we always take is just trying to focus on ourselves and what we can do to prepare for it. So that's kind of our okay. mindset. Uh, how? What did you do last year? I, I know I think there were some team activities uh, allowed, but obviously you didn't get to play any Canada West games. How did you make it through last season physically and mentally? Um, yeah, just uh, a lot of home workouts. And then uh, we, we were fortunate enough to practice for a bit um, on and off. It kept kind of uh, getting shut down here and there. So it was pretty sporadic, but... Uh, we were lucky enough to still get ice here and there, so mostly just practices. All right. How, how do you feel the team is playing so far uh, this season, 4-2 and two out of the gate? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we started off a little slow, but uh, I think there's a learning curve that's expected with a younger team, and uh, I think we've made great strides uh, in the last couple of games here, and we're uh, definitely trending in the right direction. All right, uh, Clayton, as for you, Golden Bears hockey captain Clayton Kirichenko joining us tonight on uh, Inside Sports. They're playing UBC at 7 o'clock Friday and Saturday. Uh, you, you grew up in Sherwood Park? Uh, correct, yeah. All right, what was uh, what was your minor hockey path to eventually going on to play major junior? Uh, yeah, so I played uh, Pee Wee, Bantam, and Midget in Sherwood Park, and then... Um was going to stick around and locally play for Spruce Grove and then um, just ended up heading to the Western League and then uh, fortunately enough here at the U of A. All right. Did you play with Tyler Benson with the Vancouver Giants? I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And did you ever play, so if you're roughly the same age, did you ever play against him uh, in minor hockey or with him? Uh, no, I always uh, missed him by a year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's on the Oilers roster now, and then you wound up with the Medicine Hat Tigers. The decision for you to to come to the U of A. Did you look at other schools, or did you uh, did you want to kind of come and be closer to home? Um. Yeah. No. I think U of A was always the only option. Just uh, growing up around here and knowing the rich tradition, and then uh, getting to see games when I was younger as well. So it was a it was a pretty easy choice. Who took you to the games? Uh, my old man did. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's now he's coming to watch you i hope yeah yeah every game he sits in the same spot so all right now is he uh what's he like post game is he uh encouraging does he keep it quiet does he point out things you got to do better <laughs> um yeah no he's he's pretty even keel he uh 
he's always there to point out the positives, but he's he's not afraid to let me know what I need to do better as well. So, uh, which I respect. I w- wouldn't have it any other way. Right on. What are you studying at school, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, kinesiology, yeah. And what are your uh, aspirations uh, once hockey is done, whenever that is? Yeah, um, hopefully to play pro uh, coming out of school. And then if not, it's obviously nice to have a degree to fall back on. But uh, no, my plan is to go play. Right on. All right. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you checking in tonight. This is going to be an interesting one against uh, UBC. I got to, I got to admit, I didn't realize they were six and zero until I checked the standings earlier today. So that's going to be the, one of their best starts ever. And obviously, you guys are always one of the top teams in the country. Clayton, we wish you all the best. I'm sure I'll be talking to some of you and uh, your teammates again throughout the course of the year, man. Go get them this weekend. For sure. Well, Dave, thanks for having me on. That is Clayton Kirichenko checking in the uh, captain of the Golden Bears hockey team. Clayton, a uh, defenseman from Sherwood Park, has five points in six games for the Bears. Good to be talking about Canada West sports again, which we didn't get to do last season. The Golden Bears football team, unfortunately, uh, eliminated on the weekend in the Canada West semifinal at Manitoba. Uh, We talk about starting games well. That game did not start well for the Bears. They trailed 30 to nothing by the time the second quarter was two minutes old and went on to lose to the Bisons. Uh, They finished in third place. The Bears did in the regular season in the 16 Canada West football standings. Okay, so here's what we got. Uh, We got the Oilers game tomorrow. We're going to be on at 5.30 with the face-off show game at 7. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon tomorrow. It will be the Oilers and the Jets. Now, Edmonton didn't practice today. It was a day off. I I get the sense that we're going to see Stuart Skinner in net tomorrow, just given how much Koskinen has played and maybe some signs of fatigue coming into his game. And Skinner came on in the third period, faced eight shots, stopped the ball, made a couple of very difficult saves, I thought. And the Oilers seem fairly positive about what they see from Skinner so far. We, we still don't really know what's happening with Mike Smith. I mean, Ken Holland was on with Bob yesterday and said it's not, concerning what's going on with Smith, but they're still looking for some more information and maybe uh, given how well Koskin was playing, it gave them a little bit of leeway to to check that out. But uh, of course, the goaltending going to be an ongoing discussion with the Oilers, as will, as will the depth and as will some of the defense. They got the high-end guys. They're still trying to, to round it out. They might still be three or four players away. We'll see if those players are going to be acquired from other teams. Maybe they're there internally and uh, how quickly they might be here if at all, as we move along. It's been fun so far, though. I think 11-4 and four is pretty good, and I hope it's a good one tomorrow against the Jets. Like I said, I think the Oilers got to answer the bell physically a little more, and man, oh, man, I'd like him to get that first goal. Six in a row they have allowed the first goal. Team record is 11. 11 in a row they were scored on first. That was in February and March of 2007. Thanks to Clayton Kirichenko, Morley Scott, Brendan Escott, and Craig McTavish for coming on the show tonight. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports, your studio producer this evening. He's just waiting for that alien show to start. Is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.